I'm Bernie Crane. I'm John Crane. You're listening to the Jazz Session with Jason Crane, our dad. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is sponsored by Matt Rock, Murat Verdi, and Nicholas Payton. This is episode 373. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this show. They're online at respectsextet.com. Thanks to Dave Rabel for the logo. You'll find him at twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. Please do go to thejazzsession.com slash join to become a member of the show. Also, review the show on iTunes. Just go to the iTunes store and search for The Jazz Session and give it stars up to five and a nice little rating. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason D. Crane and find my poetry and my book at jasoncrane.org. However, as you know, what's happening right now, this is very, very exciting, May of 2012, was that I am preparing, starting June 1st, to take the Jazz Session on tour, initially of North America, and then we'll see what happens from there, to document the lives of jazz musicians all over the continent. I'm super, super excited about that. I'm initially going to be going down the East Coast of the U.S. through most of the southern states, all the way to New Orleans, and then I think maybe Texas and the Southwest and the West Coast, Pacific Northwest, Canada, the Midwest of the U.S., East Coast. Who knows? That part is all very hazy right now. I have no idea how long I'll be gone or where I'll be going. But I do have a pretty solid itinerary, I think, set to get me down to New Orleans. I'm just not sure how long it's going to take. But a lot of places to visit along the way. Here's the deal, though. To do the traveling part of it, the actual staying alive while I'm on the road part of it is going to happen through the kindness of people maybe just like you who lend me a couch to sleep on. And the buying food thing is going to happen because of the folks who are already members of the Jazz Session or who may become members of the Jazz Session and their recurring donations, monthly or yearly. Those are what are going to keep me alive. The only thing I need a little more help with, though, is the actual getting from place to place. And what my plan is, is to buy two Greyhound bus passes, which will give me unlimited travel uh, in the U.S. for a period of weeks. And if I buy two of those, that'll cover the first few months of the tour. And altogether, those cost about $1,100. And so I'm running a very quick fundraising campaign at thejazzsession.com slash tour, to raise that money. And so far, actually, in the first few days, I've already raised more than $400 of it. So I'm very excited. I'm recording this on Thursday, May 17th, and we're already more than 400 of the way toward the $1,100 goal. You can contribute at a variety of levels, starting at $10, and there are thank you gifts for every single level. At 10 bucks, you get a postcard for me on the road, and it goes all the way up to things like CDs a month for 10 years, and there are t-shirts, a copy of my book signed by every musician I interview, all kinds of cool thank you gifts. So please go to thejazzsession.com slash tour and support the Jazz Sessions world tour, okay? And I've already got the first couple interviews booked uh, in Philadelphia and in Delaware, and I'm going to be talking to all kinds of cool people. And the coolest part of it is I'm going to be talking to a lot of people I don't even know about myself yet. 
I'm I'm just so excited by all of it. So please go to thejazzsession.com slash tour and help me make my way across the country, okay? Thank you so much. I'm really happy to bring you today's interview with three very talented musicians, Colin Stranahan, Glenn Zaleski, and Rick Rosado. They've got a new album simply under their names, Stranahan, Zaleski, Rosado, called Anticipation on Capri Records. From it, let's hear the tune that starts off the album. It's their reworking of Jerome Kern's All the Things You Are. My guests are drummer Colin Stranahan, pianist Glenn Zaleski, and bassist Rick Rosado. They have a trio under that name with a new album on Capri Records called Anticipation, and it's great to have the three of you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Colin, I'll start with you. Can we uh, go to Montreal and talk about how this trio first got together? Most definitely. Um, Well, I think the person who's guilty of this band is Rick Rosado, um, who had an artist series in 2010, was it? Um, and we had played with Rick quite a bit here in New York City because Rick used to live up the street with Glenn, uh, from me in Brooklyn. And Glenn actually introduced Rick and I, and they were roommates at the new school together. Long story short, Rick, um, actually had this artist series going and he invited, uh, the three of us up there to, to play. And we accepted the invitation and got up to Montreal and started playing and realized that there was a very strong chemistry within the three of us uh, as a band together. And that weekend went tremendously well. And we sold out, I think, every set, if not most of them, all of them. And, you know, we uh, just had such a great time playing and the, the material was so organic and came together so, so easily. And we said, man, we have to make this a band. We have to record. And, we started making plans, and, and it's uh, been great ever since that. That was only a couple of years ago, but it already feels like a band that's been playing for, for 
such a long time and we love going on the road together and and it's just uh you know we're best friends so it just the the music is so natural and just a, an extension of our friendship so that's Colin Stranahan, who plays drums. Rick Rosado, who uh, plays bass. Let me turn to you. And uh, I should mention too that we're recording this at Smalls right before you guys go on stage. Mm-hmm. We're recording this in the the uh, capacious back room at Smalls. <laughs> so if this show ends early. It's because one or all of us has passed out because it's about four thousand degrees. Um, but Rick, let me ask you what what to you lets you know that a band is a good fit. What lets you know that it's more than just oh, we're making nice music together, but it's actually something worth pursuing. Well, I think one of the most important things is to uh to share similar interests across the group um yeah we're all really good friends we all know each other really well and we know what kinds of music that we're into and and uh so we're kind of going for the same sound we like the same things and so we're all we're on the same page all the time and it just seems to really work well can you give me an idea of what some of those shared likes are some of the the music that you guys have in common that makes us band gel sure well i think we're we're all into uh, some some of the new stuff going on, like Brad Meldow's trio, and uh, you know a lot of Kurt Rosenwinkel influence and people like that. And also just kind of, I mean, they inspire me a lot, and I think we all inspire each other. So we're all kind of on the same page. That's great. Um, while you've got the mic, uh, for folks who may just be getting to know each of you, and we'll do this with each of you, uh, will you just tell people a little bit about yourself and where you're at now? I know you're back sure. up in Canada, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I, I was born and raised in Montreal. And, uh, in 2007, I came to New York City to study at the New School for Jazz and Contemporary Music. And that's how I met these guys. I, uh, I was roomed randomly with Glenn Zaleski, actually, <laughs> in a dorm. And, uh, ever since then, we became really good friends and played a lot together. That's um, nice because the dorm experience can, you know, go one of two ways. Usually exactly. it's that or it's the, I'm going to kill this guy the first chance. Exactly. I get, right? It definitely <laughs> wasn't that way. Was, couldn't, couldn't have worked out better, actually. <laughs> Glenn's trying to strangle me right yeah, now. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I did my degree at the new school. I spent three years here in New York City. And then I moved back to Montreal where I've, I've been working on my master's degree. I completed a year at McGill. But I took this year off because I've had a lot of touring opportunities. Oh, great. um, I'm supposed to resume my studies by the fall, but I'm actually planning on moving back here. So I guess I'll have to drop out or something. (laughs) Yeah, that got a a big cheer from Colin. Uh, Let's pass the the mic to uh, Glenn Zaleski, who plays piano. Uh, Glenn, can you talk about some of the repertoire that appears on Anticipation? The repertoire is uh, comprised mostly of original music from the three of us. Um, we all contribute original music to the band, and that's definitely a focus. Although there's also a few standards on there that we experimented with in that first live series at Montreal, and uh, we just found some interesting avenues to to exploit within those tunes, so we thought they'd be really great for the record. Um, so it's a mix of, of standards and originals, but uh, overall I'd say this is a, a trio that... Oh, right now we focus on a lot of original music. And what's that process like? Do you bring a finished product to the band? Is it a, a collaborative compositional process? How does it usually work? It's very much a collaborative process. Um, sure, there's there's charts that are brought in, but the finished product ends up in a different place than, at least I'll speak for it, for my own tunes, I know that the finished product ends up in a much different place than I could have imagined sitting at the piano by myself when I first started writing. Mm-hmm. So that, that uh, process of putting the music together is uh, a really important element in this in this trio. 
there's a way in which that's great, of course, but there's also a way in which that means you have to surrender somewhat as a composer to this kind of collective idea, which I think is also nice, but I mean, it's a different, it's not just imposing your vision on the sound of the trio. No, definitely not. And that's what makes that work is uh, the, the three of us have a very strong trust in each other and that any direction that one of us may want to go is one that we all trust within each other so so it allows for possibilities that one of us by ourselves couldn't have imagined. Do you find that as a trio you guys sometimes go down roads you decide not to take, that you experiment and sometimes decide, okay, I'm glad we tried that, but this isn't a way this tune is going to go? Very rarely. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that uh, we, we usually focus more on, on points. Uh, I, I, we agree more than we disagree. Sure. <laughs> Tactfully yeah. said. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, Ambassador Glenn Zaleski. <laughs> uh, So, Glenn, will you give us a quick uh, biographical sketch and some of the other things you're working on these days? Well, I'm from Massachusetts, from central Massachusetts. I'm from western Massachusetts, so oh, we're homies. Well, I'm from I'm from yeah. Berkshire County. Oh, great. Well, you know, I'm from Worcester. Nice. Uh, actually, that's the town that I grew up in is Boylston. Which I actually know. You know Boylston? Uh, yes, I do. Well, people from Boston would consider that to be western Massachusetts. Yeah, and people <laughs> from Boston would consider where I'm from, New York. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> so but, fair enough. Um, yeah, Boylston was my town, and uh, I, I had a great time growing up there. There was a really strong jazz scene in Worcester when I was growing up, and I had a lot of great teachers and a lot of performance opportunity. And uh, then I, my first year in college was in Stockton, California at the Brubeck Institute, which is where I met Colin. And then I stayed there for two years, and then I went to the new school, which is where I met Rick. And now I'm still here in New York and uh, just fortunate to be to be playing a lot with all kinds of people. That's great. And you, am I wrong in thinking that you've also played some solo sets here at Smalls? Yeah. I played a uh, solo set here. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I was going to say, it seems like about, about a month ago, about right? About a month yeah. ago. And, uh, I've, yeah, I've, I've done a few solo sets uh, around the city. And um, I, I just, uh, before we uh, continue around the circle here, I just wanted to ask about what playing completely unaccompanied brings to your playing with a trio. Um, 
something that I've always been interested in is how important it is within a group that that each member is is constantly providing some is, is constantly feeding something into the group and 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 what really makes a strong interaction i i find has a lot to do with each member constantly being independent you know as opposed to everybody always being passive there's a strong independence individually and that together is what makes a group sound strong and when you're by yourself you really get the chance to 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 focus on on that individual element you know constantly uh throwing your opinion into the into the mix and and constantly generating ideas and generating music you know by yourself um for example and maybe rick i can ask you this and then we'll pass it back to to colin um just recently there was a new two cd set of bill evans music recorded one night in 1968 that just came out it had never been released before and uh, while listening to it i was struck again by how well everybody that evans ever played with in this case eddie gomez was able to navigate uh having the left hand and a bass player mm-hmm. um and so i guess i wanted to ask both of you about that and maybe we can give the the mic to rick and just say how you know given that the piano has such a strong potential for a, a left-handed bass presence how you guys figure out the territory and who's going to do what and... well that's a good question well sometimes in our compositions we have some lines that are written in unison or some some counter lines like so we're you know we're playing together in in the bass register and otherwise when we're improvising if i guess if glenn ever adventures into that area i guess i'll kind of i'll try to stay out of that register or else it gets a little muddy sure is that is that does that answer your question yeah i think so and so it sounds like less than something that you would plan out in advance it's something you just deal with on the fly yeah yeah i guess on the fly i'm always i'm constantly sussing out the situation and trying to figure out what would sound best in every moment and so if he's playing in that in that in a register where the bass is you know i'll try to stay out of that unless we're playing in unison or sure yeah that makes sense yeah colin can i turn to you now for a a little biographical sketch yeah um well i'm from denver colorado and uh i grew up there my father's a jazz musician plays saxophone so i was um around music from a very young age um and also played sports and it became the time to choose between football and music and I i chose music um uh, and I went to school. I went to the Brubeck Institute. Um, I did a lot of things in high school, a lot of all-star programs, which I was fortunate to be a part of and met a lot of great people that I still play with in New York. Um, but I went to the Brubeck Institute for a year and then left these guys and came to New York and met a lot of people, um, stuck around for a year. And then I went to the Monk Institute in New Orleans where um got to meet a lot of really cool people. Um, and just music has always been a part of part of the journey. I finished school and since that I've been touring with a lot of my heroes, which has been an honor. You know, I got to tour with Kurt Rosenwinkel last year, and um, I've been playing with Jonathan Kreisberg's band, a little playing with Fred Hirsch. I mean, there's plenty of people to list, but the, but the the main thing I like to say when people ask me what I do is it's really an honor to say you're a musician and you play music as, as a living. And uh, just to say that, I, I feel very fortunate and... Um, yeah, I'm just happy to be doing it and happy to be here uh, in New York City playing music with, with my best friends. So I guess that's a tiny little biographical journey through my life. But 
Colin, if I can, to come back to uh, anticipation, and I have to be honest and say that I, I've only heard part of the record, but which is not normally the case when I do these interviews. But but what I've heard, one thing I noticed about the drums, and actually I've heard you in a lot of other contexts also and on other recordings, is that in addition to providing you know the kind of the foundational role that the drums often do, particularly in this trio, I noticed that there were a lot of places where you almost seem like a three-man front line, almost mm-hmm. like there is no... Either that or there's a six person. There's three people in the background and then there's three people up front who are kind of, right. you know, navigating the rhythmic complexity together. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought maybe I'd ask you a little bit about your approach to drumming in this yeah. piano trio. I mean, a lot of that comes from from the trust that these guys were talking about. And I have that so much with, with uh, Rick and Glenn um, that I really feel like there's just this element of, of sort of improvising all the time with each other. It's not just one person playing. It's the three of us always playing and interacting. And um, maybe in different situations I play in, I wouldn't get away with doing that. But uh, we've really built something together, and there's so much trust that I tend to take a lot of risks in this music and, and try things. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't, but I think we've found a nice balance. And I feel like um, through that, I'm sort of finding my own sound in, in this band. You know, I'm, I'm not just trying to keep time and sort of propel the music. I really want to be a part of the just interacting but but keep it also very organic and so it's just it's a natural thing it's not really something i've thought about it's just i'm sort of playing what i'm hearing and sometimes it's a lot and sometimes it's very little but um when it is a lot it doesn't i don't ever feel like i'm overplaying and sort of stepping on anyone's toes we're all kind of in it together and we found this really nice balance um and it's a great joy for me to play in that situation because i don't normally get to do that but it's just there's no rules and there's no there's really no boundaries in this band, you know? And, you know, when we tour, we've done some touring in Europe and we try things every night. And like I said, the great thing about, you know, doing this is sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. But at the end of night, we're always smiling and looking at each other and, and go have a beer and just really enjoy what we did and, and sometimes talk about it, but just, just let it go and just keep reaching for the stars. So that's, I guess, where what that comes from and what that is. So... you mentioned Brad Meldow's band, for example, or even Kurt Rosenwinkel's trio. But this strikes me more as kind of like a standards trio setup where there's no sidemen. You know, it's just three equal voices, each of whom, you know, are at roughly kind of the same place in their development. Yeah. And rather than, you know, the, it's no one's name on the front of the band, that kind of, it's all three of your names, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it feels like more of a balance in that way. No one's, one personality is kind of right. controlling. I think, I think we all agree. We wanted to keep it that way. I mean, you know, um, we're all writing, but it's, yeah, it's, the music comes together with the three of us, you know. I think when, at one point we were joking about who would sub for the band. It's just hard to say. If we, one of us couldn't make the gig, we won't have the gig. Right. Know, just because it's, <laughs> it's so special to us. And it's, you know, we're all busy with other things and other projects. But when we have downtime, we always try to find opportunities for this band to get together. And so, um, it's just something really special that we found and, and we'll, we'll keep, keep all of our, uh, 
focus and, and efforts on it and try to keep it going, you know, so. So let me ask, and, and anybody can answer this, but uh, recently I was talking to the guitarist Anders Nilsson, who was talking about the idea of, of charge in playing. And one example he was giving was that sometimes the the band might be going one way and you decide to stake out the exact opposite territory. So for example, everyone else is playing quietly and you decide to play frenetically, which was a concept I had thought about before, but I've been thinking about it more since and wanted to ask some other folks about whether that's something that you ever bring into play. And so in this trio, it seems like a perfect place to ask that kind of question, whether there are times when one person stakes out some ground, even if the other two are staking out a whole different patch of ground. And it looks like Glenn has the mic. I would say that I feel um, similarly sometimes in, in, in my playing in, in a group, and that sometimes a phrase is a very active phrase really generating a new direction and sometimes a phrase comes from somebody else's active phrase i don't want to call that a passive phrase because there's no such thing as a passive phrase but but sometimes uh yeah sometimes there'll be a space and then a different direction uh needs to be taken and you can just you know put something new that that hasn't yet been brought to the table or sometimes if you just you know, I don't want to say don't like what's going on, but but if you're hearing something different, then especially when a band like this is is so uh, cooperative, you can play something entirely different, and still it uh, it can be together. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Phrases can can be active or reactive, as it were. You know, and and I definitely feel uh, those those two types happening. Glenn, can you talk about the nature of the band's live performances? For example, do you have really scripted set lists, or do things just go where they go? Is it some combination of those things? We usually have set lists. Um, we usually have set lists. Um, but we like to experiment with segues and intros. And I'm sure over time, uh, mm -hmm. set lists will, will kind of dissipate once we um, you know, have even... We know we're beginning to develop more and more repertoire, and um, we're also still developing new repertoire. Tonight we're going to play some new repertoire, so we have set lists. But even within the set list, we like to experiment with different places that that they can go, and certainly through through you know in a very literal sense intros and segues, which can be really exciting ways to to bring tunes into each other. So, Rick, I put you on the spot a little bit. The list questions are always hard, but can you talk about some of the new repertoire that's going into the the book tonight? Sure. Uh, well, I've written a few new tunes since we recorded the album, um, which we'll play tonight. I have, how many do we have? I have one called Rock Song. I have one called Vio, Migrations, and Dando. I have about four new songs of mine that we will pretty much perform for the first time. And Glenn also brought some new songs to the table, uh, about another three or four of his. Uh, we've also been working on some some new standards together, and so we'll be playing some of those too. And when you uh, are composing for this trio, are you composing specifically for this trio? There's some tunes that you bring to other projects, but there are things that you write knowing that these are the other two guys who are going to play them. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I definitely have their sounds in mind when I'm sitting at the piano and making these tunes.
we're here at Smalls, which is is kind of famous for being a hang, so that it's often a room full of musicians. I mean, I spend a lot of my time going to see music and all the rest of it, talking to people who are playing the music. So one theme that comes up a lot these days is the difference between playing for a room full of like people from the New School and MSM and playing for a room full of regular folks, if we can use that phrase. Uh, and so I wanted to just ask about your experience as anybody... Um, whether you tailor sets depending on who's in the audience and and what it's like depending on who's in the audience yeah i think i think it's important to consider who's in the audience ideally i'd like to think that no matter what you don't i I don't want to compensate what i want to do but oftentimes but at least like when i when i'm playing in montreal there's not as as much of a necessarily jazz cultured audience and a lot of things can kind of go over their heads and and it can be kind of alienating so oftentimes if there's kind of some kind of a hesitation to really go for it or there's some yeah while here you know when there's a lot of aspiring jazz musicians some established jazz musicians and even just people who are part of the the jazz culture in New York you know it's very much an alive culture people just go out and see music there isn't that feeling of holding back and I feel like you can really enter a, a space that is just really focused on on pushing the music as far as it can go which is really nice when you're in montreal or in one of those settings where you know the people in the crowd aren't necessarily diehard jazz people are there things that you do uh, do you talk more to them do you explain more what's happening on stage those kinds of things things to try to bridge that gap between you and the audience sure well i i actually don't do much talking on the show i'm often i'm often a sideman and the few times that i have uh, been the leader of groups. I'm I'm not much of a talker on stage, so <laughs> it it probably would be a good idea to talk more. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, sorry. sorry. So that was Rick. So that was Rick. Colin. This is Colin. I think that um, it it really depends. I remember we played a concert in Colorado in my hometown, and my grandparents were in the audience. And my grandmother's always saying to me, why don't you play something that we can all sing, you know? So I think we keep that in mind. We played, what did we play? The, we played uh, Pen, Penthouse Serenade. And, you know, my grandmother was basically in tears at the end because she was singing along. I think that, that there is an element of that to keep in mind. I mean, we've we've traveled around the world and played. And I think that we do have that um, in mind when we play. We try to adjust things. And if there are some people that have been around longer than we have we try to, to incorporate some more standards that, that they may know um, if it's a bunch of young jazz students then we then we try to lean more towards that but also keeping in mind that how important the jazz um, standards and that repertoire is to us so we also try to say you know in a humble way well we also know this tune so we like to play that and we think that's important you know I think we always try to play at least one or two standards a night um, along with our our original music, because that's very important to us, you know. So I think that 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 is something we do is keep in mind who is listening, you know, who is listening. You know? The the standard songbook is so huge. Can you talk about what uh, how you guys figure out out of all the thousands and thousands of standards what's going to make it into the book for this trio? Um, yeah, I guess I'll answer a little bit and then pass the mic. But um, we seem to really enjoy Thelonious Monk quite a bit. I think <laughs> most of the standards we play are Monk tunes. Um, so why do you think why uh well i don't know maybe glenn why don't you answer that because glenn knows every song in the book <laughs> um i mean monk tunes are just great vehicles for improvisation i mean that's that's 
that's that's really i mean I've, i think jazz musicians continually flock to them because they're so potent rhythmically and harmonically that they just they're written specifically to to fuel improvisation and and really from a jazz musician's perspective i mean they're just so potent that after you play the melody you just can't help but start improvising you know they 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 play themselves so uh that's why monks materials as is so popular amongst musicians uh so tonight uh, as we're recording this and a couple weeks in the past as people are listening you guys are at smalls but coming up in the future there's another chance to see you uh, here in new york city we yeah we're playing um on june 8th uh just one set i think at cornelia street cafe um and we're sharing sharing the bill with our good friends the Booth brothers uh remy and pascal um and i think that's it in the city uh for that month june 8th but yeah we'll be there and then we go on to um, Denver. We're playing a couple gigs in Denver and then recording our new album, which Fantastic. we're also really excited about. So, And I know that there are Denver yeah. listeners, so when are those uh, gigs coming up? We're playing uh, in Denver at Dazzle on June 23rd and 24th. Um, did I say that correctly? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be playing there, yeah. That's great. My guests are bassist Rick Rosato, pianist Glenn Zaleski, and drummer Colin Stranahan. It's been a pleasure to talk to the three of you and hear this record, and I hope you'll come back again. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. That's music from Colin Stranahan, Glenn Zaleski, and Rick Rosado and their new CD, Anticipation, on Capri Records. Thanks so much to them for being on the show and to the fine folks at Smalls for letting us wedge ourselves into the sweatbox. And don't forget, the Jazz Session is going on tour. I'm so excited to be doing this. Go to thejazzsession.com slash tour to find out how you can help. Everything from giving a little bit of money to helping me find places to stay to suggesting people that I should interview in your town, etc., etc. Hosting a poetry reading. I'm going to be doing those across the country, too. 
So please go to thejazzsession.com slash tour and help out, okay? And spread the word if you would, too. The more you do that, the more likely people are going to hop on and support the thing. And the farther I'm going to be able to go bringing you the lives of musicians all over the place. Until then, get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.